0: everyone welcome to caffeinated humor you know there is something to be said for doing something that scares the crap out of you it really doesn't matter what that is i mean it could be pursuing the person that you know is never going to happen or going after that job you have no right to have or even better going after that job that you have every right to have they just don't know it yet I've seen people with a complete terrified streak, about to piss themselves, start a business, knowing in their heart of hearts it's probably going to fail, and yet I know a few of them that succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. But there's something about taking that risk, leaping off that clip of the cliff of faith, and giving it a shot, even if you know you're going to get shot down, because there's that one in ten, one in a hundred, one in a thousand, one in a million shot that you might not get shot down, that you might succeed. You know, a lot of people don't risk themselves. There's a saying, perfection risks nothing of itself, lest it fall short of perfection. The best you can hope for, the most success you can have would be just good enough. You know, if you, if you start your own business, you want to break even, if you're just good enough, you will. Too many businesses fail. And if you wait until all the planets align and everything is perfect, somebody else is doing that business and they're doing it better than you. You can't wait on some things. Same goes for the right woman or the right guy. Um, I always look at it from the woman perspective or from the guy pursuing a woman perspective because I'm a guy. But there comes a time where pursuing that woman can be just a breathtaking experience. Because it'll either work out or you may get crushed. But either way, you're in the trench. You're in the war. And it's exciting. Especially when it comes to matters of the heart. Because guys start out kind of on the road to the heart. And it has to travel through lust. I realize ladies say no not all guys are like that but <sighs> we can play this game all day long ladies but the fact remains lust is a bigger deal to men than it is to women women view lust as a bad thing they view it as this evil thing for men lust is where the beginning interest comes from so it's not a bad thing it's just a thing that exists it's kind of like when i used to teach sales If I use the word manipulate, do you have a negative connotation or a positive connotation? Majority of people have a negative connotation for that word. When I use the word manipulation, it is a very specific, structured presentation for a desired outcome. It can be used in a negative way. It can be used in a positive way. But by and large, when the, you know, when the rubber hits the road, it's usually going to be used in a good way, at least from my perspective. Now, if it's to buy something, get something, talk somebody into something, you know how hard it is to talk somebody into something they don't want to do, that they really don't want to do, that they would hate it? It's almost impossible. But do you know how easy it is to talk somebody into something that, meh, they kind of want to do it, but they're a little afraid of it? All you have to do is present it, manipulate them. To get them to overlook their fear. Doesn't have to be forever. They can be terrified of it later. But you have to get them to overlook their fear just long enough to do it. Now, when it comes to taking a shot at whatever it is. Whatever unicorn chase you want to do. When it works out. That's a breathtaking moment. That's one of those moments where you just stop and bask in it. There's a glory to that. Talk to anybody who started their own business and had that kind of success. The guy that pursued the supermodel and all of a sudden they've got three kids five years later. Now that one's an interesting one. I happen to know that. I had a guy that I worked with and this guy asked every woman he met out. We were doing environmental cleanup and we went to get keys to a building on a campus at a University of Southern California uh, school. And he – we were talking to the woman who handled the keys, and he said, oh, thank you. We'll be in this building till, from here to here. Hey, how about I pick you up at about 5.30 30 night? We'll go get a steak dinner. And she said, uh, no, I have a fiancé. All right, thank you much. We went to lunch. He hit on the cashier at Taco Bell, a girl that was sitting in the parking – in in the, the dining room. And then we were out in the – uh Parking lot getting ready to leave, he complimented this girl on her car and asked her out. You realize that that's probably four more than I asked out that whole month. But this guy was fearless. It didn't matter who the woman was. Anyway, about 10 years later, I run into this guy and he's walking down the street with this ungodly gorgeous woman. I mean, she looked like a Victoria's Secret runway model. And that's the wife. And that's their kid. And as I stopped to talk to them for a few minutes, she told me about the cute story of how he came up, asked out two of her friends before he finally got to her and she said yes. So what that goes to show you is keep swinging. Don't be afraid because you know what? Sometimes it all works out. The planets align, the dice come up the way you needed, you get that extra ace and everything works out perfect. So wrap that all together, and that's today's episode, like Annie said, on today's Caffeinated Humor. Opportunity can be a rotten bitch sometimes. I've never been a big believer in fate. I always seem like a much more plausible idea that it's all about opportunities, both good and bad. My life is ruled by these opportunities. The ones you go for, the ones you don't, and the results thereof. This is where stuff where regret and angst come from. And then there's the good stuff. The ones you went for. Sometimes on faith alone, but they paid off. Those are the ones that you can define your life with. Career, family, children, military, you name it. Some big, some small. But the size of them doesn't necessarily mark their significance to you. Sometimes the smallest things can be the biggest impact on you. Such as this morning. There's an opportunity about to happen. For good or bad, it's about to happen. Now, there are two people I see on a regular basis, one of them I've mentioned on the podcast before, the seven-foot-tall woman. She's in here every morning. Actually, she's only about probably six foot and some change, but no more than like six foot four at the most, but she loves to wear six-inch heels. I mean, the girl has legs from here to there, and it's just an impressive thing to see. I mean, God love her. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. A little self-conscious, but a very pretty girl that intimidates a crapload of people for two reasons. Because it's one thing to be gorgeous. It's another thing to be that tall and throw the two together and there's this like back of your mind Amazon fear. But now I'm at the other end of that height scale. Literally a foot shorter. Probably a foot and an inch shorter. I'm about 5'3". I don't imagine that life is any easier for somebody outside the norm on the other end of the spectrum. I always like to think people that are 6 foot plus have it easier, but probably don't. I mean, I've seen a few guys hit on this girl. Now, they've only been shot down, in some places, horribly. Mainly because they're hitting on her for the wrong reason. She's a challenge, being so tall. And she can sense that. Enter Opie Cunningham. Now, I call him that because he is the all-American boy next door. Not the guy that was the captain of the football team. I mean the plain-looking guy who was an average student, and he's about 5'7", 5'8", maybe. And Opie has been watching her for weeks. Nobody pays attention to this shit but me. I think it would bother me, the whole kind of prying and and watching people, but it's not hurting anybody, so back off. Now, it appears that things are going to come to a head today. From the moment she walked in, he's been eyeing her. And he has that scared, shitless look in his eyes, like somebody who is about to do something that absolutely terrifies them, but they're going to do it. When she got in line, he got up from his seat, took a step towards her, turned back, sat down. She ordered, moved over to the pickup window. Again, he stands, thinks better of it, sits back down. I think he's done, son. I mean, I can just see it in his eyes. Hunter S. Thompson called it the fear. And this guy is gripped by the fear. And the fear can make horrible things happen in your life. Now she has collected her drink, moved over to the cream and sugar kiosk. And with one last look of determination, he's up. The motherfucker's on his feet and he's moving her away. I would cheer, but nobody else would know why I'm doing it. He's walking slowly, like a man taking his final walk to the chair. Dead man walking. But only if he chickens out. He's at the kiosk, getting napkins. He doesn't look that tall next to her. It's like mommy taking her son out for a walk. Either way, he's still a lot taller than me. Now, I will be a son of a bitch if she didn't just laugh at something he said. And you don't see this that often. An honest-to-God hair flip with a giggle. But without that, hey, this is fake type touch to it, it was a legitimate one. Now I'm running late, so I begin packing up. They leave the kiosk together and go back to his little round table. Together. As I walk out the door, he's very animatedly telling her something with his hands. And she appears to be listening, with a little smile on her face. You know, the sun is peeking out through the overcast as I walk to work. Gonna be a good day. Plus, my coffee just cooled off enough to drink. Ah. Hey, hope you liked today's episode. Like it, subscribe to it. Hell, there's a link around here to help support it. But most importantly, listen to more episodes. You can also go to Amazon. You're going to find a series of books under the name Caffeinated Humor based on the podcast. Take care and have a great day.